Hello everyone and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today we are continuing on with Peter Pan uh, with Rebecca. Hey. I'm excited. This <laughs> book got juicier. Yes. Well, I don't even know if juicier is the right word. <laughs> I think it kind of just got scarier a little bit. Yes. Darker. Darker. Creepier. Yeah. More characters. Lots more characters introduced. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots of things we're going to have to talk about today, to be honest. So uh, then we are on to chapter five, The Island Come True. So it says that the island woke up at Peter's arrival and everyone apparently relaxes when Peter's gone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Peter's the dictator of this island. Pretty much. So like it's going through like basically that everyone like fake works while he's gone and like the pirates and the lost boys don't even really fight at all while they're gone um it's mainly that peter's the antagonist here yeah yeah it says he hates lethargy so he like always has to be moving doing things you know yeah that's terrifying to me that sounds like capitalism (laughs) peter's a capitalist you heard it here first so apparently Peter kills any boy who starts to grow up. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's a and, lot of Peter murder in this one. And did we get, okay, we'll get to the tree part later. The part where they fit in their trees. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get to that, that a little bit. We'll get to that. But oh. man, yes. Peter, I tell you. Yeah. He's, he's a villain. He really is. So apparently they're also not even remotely allowed to look like Peter, which was weird to me because I didn't understand exactly what this means. Like, does it mean that they can't dress similar or like they can't be like redheaded boys or like, where does he quite draw the line? Yeah, I don't think it's, it's very clear. He just, he has this weird rule and it's very narcissistic to me. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and it really, it really does fit with the character that, you know, the author's building here. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like another layer to that. So, yeah, he's the the evil boss of the island, basically. Nobody's allowed to look like him. I, the in the least like him, it says. So I don't mm-hmm. know. So they wear, they go around wearing the skins of bears they killed themselves, which is just disturbing. <laughs> to me, it's horrifying imagining like these ten year olds. Right. Like committing murder. Yeah. And then like crawling into the skin of the animal they killed. And then, I mean, it's like a horror movie, right? It is. It's kind of midsummer creepazoid thing. I don't know. You could so easily turn this into a horror movie. Like, and I'm surprised no one's done it yet. Right. Like a really horror version of Peter Pan. Or if they have, how have I not heard about it yet? Right. I don't think anyone has. I think it's mostly just been like, oh, this fun kid tale, you know, with some edge to it. You know, some of the movie versions, the uh, the ones with like actors, they have a little bit more of an edge. But mm-hmm. and the Once Upon a Time show did make him a villain. Have you ever mm-hmm. watched their version of Peter? Um, I stopped watching when Frozen was introduced. But yeah, uh, they made Hook you know, a good guy in the TV show. And ah, Pan was yeah. like this, you know, immortal villain type. I but, remember Hook. 
but I don't remember right. Peter Pan at all. I think honestly, I'm gonna have to rewatch it. I just thought like the plot line started like get really diluted. It really did. I don't think I even watched as far as Frozen, hmm. but I do remember the the season that had Peter and Hook. Yeah, well, I don't Hook, remember Peter. Hook lasted for multiple seasons, but yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch it. Honestly, I'm getting to a point in my life where at this time i like once in a while i just need really trashy tv shows so oh, yeah. like why not yeah right now i'm going through the legacies which is a spin-off of the originals which is a spin-off of vampire diaries i am watching the vampire diaries right now like binge watching it for like while i make covers and whatever mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i binge watched it in college and i was really into it but like as a trashy tv show but like vampire diaries is better the originals is okay legacies is terrible it is so bad but i'm only like six episodes in because like the other night i just i could not like i got really burned out of all my jobs and i was like okay i need to relax for a little bit and i can't read yes i was like reading something else (laughs) yeah reading is like part of my job so i was like i just need fully to not do anything right now so i put it on and i was like why am I into this? Like, they made legacies. Basically, I heard the CB- CW is, like, really struggling right now. So, it seems like the legacies is supposed to be the supernatural replacement. Right. And so isn't like, it, like, the school and then the daughter of... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 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 I think I watched a few episodes of it. I did. I don't remember how far I got. But yeah. I did, I... like, a couple of the cool monsters. Mm-hmm. Anything that has a decently done monster, I'm totally into. Oh, yeah. The Dryad's <laughs> done pretty well. And then, like, the Gargoyle was horrifying. Um, yeah, I'm really into it so far. Just, mm. I'm Sometimes you in... just need that. You know, you just need, like, a mindless mindless entertainment. Oh, yeah. To, like, kind of refresh the brain. For sure. So then we are on to the Lost Boys. So we have Toodles, who always seems to miss everything. We have Nibs, Slightly, Curly, and the Twins. Yep. So it's obvious at this point that Peter's naming them. (laughs) Yeah, I would say probably so. (laughs) But like, it's like, why do you think he reuses the names? When he kills off somebody? Yeah. Or like they outgrow or whatever. Like, I feel like these cannot be first generation names. Yeah. But also the fact that he named them the twins because he can't tell them apart so no one else is allowed to tell them apart terrifies me. Yeah, it's like, again, it's like this weird narcissistic thing with him. Like, he's so self-absorbed. And it says um, the, the twins, they did their best to give satisfaction by keeping close together in an apologetic sort of way. I feel so bad for them. That's me too. This also means that like they both fell out of the cradle together. How do you lose both of your twins? I know. Right. And I, I just, you know, I have this feeling that Peter would just take kids sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I carried both of these twins though. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's very true. I don't know. I don't trust Peter at all. Hmm. Uh, so then they tell us about Hook's crew, and it seems like there was a lot of stuff that would have made sense in the time period, but, like, means nothing to me now. Yes, same. 
Because there's like a lot of examples about like them being like Italian and Spanish or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what was happening in the 20s. Because that, oh, I guess that was after World War II, wasn't it? Uh, no, World War II, that was like the 40s. Yeah, 45. Mm. Maybe it was just like build up. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, there's all these, like, there's names thrown in here that I don't, the prison at Gao or something, and the mm-hmm. banks of the, I can't even pronounce what river that is. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure of all those uh, places. It, mean, it literally meant nothing to me, to be honest. I was like, I have no idea. Yeah. They anyway. also then mentioned that Hook's blood is an unusual color. And I wasn't sure what to do with that. It's almost like he's supernatural in some way, but mm-hmm. like it never goes anywhere with that. I know. I was like, is he a vampire? <laughs> like, what do I do with that? I did really like the description of his hair, which is what they did with it in the Disney movie. How his hair, um, well, and they, they do this in other movies too, but mm-hmm. his hair was dressed in long curls, which at a little distance looked like black candles. That's a pretty good description because you can totally picture like mm-hmm. the long pillar type curls. Yeah. But he's apparently kind of, you know, he's all about being elegant and fancy and fashionable mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff because it talks about when somebody ruffles his lace collar, mm-hmm. then he just kills them on the spot. Yeah. So in that way, you know, it's so interesting to see the similarities between him and Pam, mm-hmm. honestly. I always because felt like there are two sides of the same coin. They really are. And they're both, you know, leaders, kind of narcissistic and like self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. Don't mind just randomly killing in cold blood. Their people are terrified of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, really, it's just... It's not that Peter's a good guy, honestly. It's just that they're two rivals who just want control of the same little piece of property. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting when you think about the fact that he doesn't do anything while Peter's not around either. Right. Except smoke two cigars at once, apparently. Yeah. That sounds (laughs) good for your lungs. Oh, yeah. Right. (laughs) So next we get mentions of the native people of Neverland land and they call them redskins which first right off i feel like everyone that listens to this podcast knows that i'm against racism but like this is definitely a slur and i guess in the time period that's what they called native people but it's terrible and i hate it yeah it's very uncomfortable to read that term used over and over Mm -hmm. um and also some obviously some of the stereotypical way that they're portrayed you know oh yeah some of it yeah is the time period and also a kid's view of Mm -hmm. stories they might have heard like this is how the this is how they behave on the island you know these are what children in the 20s i guess Mm and they're not even well i was also gonna say they're not even american children either because like they're british so like they're hearing stories they're like at this point, it's like fourth-hand, fifth-hand accounts. Yes, it's a fanciful version of, you know, things, like you said, that they've heard yeah. fourth and fifth-hand. Um, but yeah, it is an uncomfortable part. Yeah, so we will 
be probably not saying this throughout, right. uh, but I'm probably just going to refer to Tiger Lily at all situation here because, mm-hmm. yeah, not too comfy with that at all. Yeah. Uh, then we also get mention of the giant croc. Keep in mind, they're all like walking behind each other, keeping pace because everyone's looking ahead of them instead of behind them. So they're just, like, walking this island, like, hunting each other. Um, So for the giant crocodile, like, basically, we hear more about it later. But, uh, oh, no, here we actually hear more about it. Apparently, Peter threw Hook's hand to the crocodile. And ever since then, it's gotten a taste of Hook and now wants to eat the rest of him. Which is totally how that works. <laughs> he must taste pretty good. Whatever that weird blood is, I don't know. I don't know. It's I guess it's got like fun flavors or something. This crocodile is weirdly obsessed. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know about the crocodile. Another thing I it's thought inter- was interesting, though, is that they were apparently getting bedtime stories of Cinderella. And I'm yeah. like, it's weird to me because I'm like, basically, this feels like the same universe to me. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like it's a Disney universe. Right. I was like, oh, that's weird. I guess it's hard. Yeah. Because they both become such staple, like, Disney stories. It's hard mm-hmm. to remember that Cinderella is, like, super old as mm-hmm. far as fairy tales go. And Peter Pan is a lot more recent. But yeah, they the whole Disney aspect of things makes them feel like contemporary stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, they're both in the theme park. <laughs> uh, so hook ends up finding the lost boys underground chimney because they just put like a mushroom in it and we're still like using it. That's so weird. I know. So what is their house filling up with their underground house. Is it filling up with smoke now? Like, I don't know. That's what happens when you stop off a chimney. Yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, okay, I guess I'll just take this knowledge and say thanks. Can we talk about Smee for a minute? Oh, yeah. Because Smee, he's honestly probably my favorite character of Hook's bunch. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's terrible, you know? You know how he calls his, uh, his sword Johnny Corkscrew? Like, it says he gives little little pet names to things to make them less horrible yeah and he stabs people like in an apologetic way um and it's like you know we could mention many lovable traits in smee after killing it was his spectacles he would wipe off instead of his weapon you know yeah he's like, he's like this funny and you know the disney movie makes him kind of a comical character mm-hmm. but in here he's a lot more lethal mm-hmm. but he's also like charming in a weird way yeah it's interesting i know to me it seems like he's supposed to be like an intellectual of the group if that makes sense Mm. where he's like i don't know it was really weird because it's just these two things about his personality don't seem to align at all Mm -hmm. but he's like the uh the nice serial killer you know what i mean yeah (laughs) like he'll kill you but he's gonna maybe feel a tiny bit bad about it or like apologize while he's doing Mm -hmm. it and then like it's it's just an interesting uh contrast with him yeah you're like oh thanks i guess (laughs) and then he and hook have this long conversation 
yeah, I guess they want to make a death cake. And they're like, well, of course they'll eat it. But they don't, like, really say what's in the cake, just that it's green. I didn't understand that. Are they going to put poison in it? Or is it just, like, a kid thing where, like, your mom tells you not to eat too many sweets? And so this is, like, a bit thrown in there for the children. I don't... It sounds like they were going to poison it. Maybe they were going to poison it, but it doesn't actually say that. I figured they were going to poison it. Yeah, because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of this book doesn't make any sense. (laughs) To be honest. Which frustrates me sometimes, but. It's easier than reading Alice in Wonderland. I'll say that. Well, yes. Yes. I don't. When I was taking notes for that, I literally was like, I couldn't tell you which book this was in because neither of the books make sense. Yeah. Like, because we read Alice in Wonderland and then Through the Looking Glass. And I was like, it's in one of them. Oh, yeah. Um, So then we... You know the pirates leave, and we get flash to Tink punching one, a uh, pinch, sorry, pinching Wendy in the air, and yeah. then when she gets close to the boys, she says that Peter wants them to shoot down Wendy, and then uh, Toodles actually shoots Wendy right into the chest. They obviously have no prop. Like it sounds like Peter's asked them to kill. I mean, he's asked them to kill things before, obviously. Yeah. People. So they kind of just do it without question. Yeah, and I guess they'd have no reason to mistrust um, Tink either. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And then that's just how you leave the chapter off. <laughs> but then we're on to the next chapter, chapter six. So after they kill Wendy, they were like, oh no, that's a girl, not a bird. Which, don't know how they thought it was a bird to be honest. Right. It'll look nothing like a bird. Apparently, Wendy lives after Peter Pan pulls out the arrow from her heart and she keeps him from killing Toodles. Uh, and then it says that the button he gave her, which I thought he gave her an acorn. Yeah, you know, I thought that too. And I went back and looked. It said an acorn button. Oh. But I don't know what that means. Yeah. I always like- just thought it was an acorn. Me too. I was like, what? What button are we talking about? Where'd this go from? Is it like a button carved from an acorn? Like, or is it a button in the shape of an acorn? I have I no know. idea what this is talking about. But Yeah, me either. But apparently it saves her life because it hit that instead, which is like, have you ever seen that image of like the Nokia phone that stopped a bullet? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> How thick was this button? Right? Magical button? Yeah, apparently, apparently it was pretty thick. Um, it's a real lifesaver in this moment. Uh, and then Peter says that uh, he isn't going to be Tinkerbell's friend ever again. Ever. And then Wendy's like, that's kind of harsh. He goes, okay, never again for a week. <laughs> He's so fickle. No, it's like cool. <laughs> He's like, never and then alright, fine, a week. Yeah. Right. I'm like, and we all knew he wasn't gonna live up to it anyways. Right. It's like when you get mad at your siblings when you're a kid and you're like, I will never speak to you again and then like two hours later you're like Okay, what's up? Like You're right. I mean it really is this is more childlike behavior coming from him. So Yeah. 
this is like i feel like the first instant of childlike behavior we get uh-huh. like most of it's like i i don't even know how to describe it because it's like if you lived your life without an understanding of consequences but right. not necessarily childlike behavior right so it's like he's and we don't know how long he's really lived in yeah. the story so it's like he's had no parental guidance, no moral authority, no, mm-hmm. you know, right and wrong or consequences to anything he does. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's childlike, but he's existed for a while like this. So, yeah. I think it's too, there's something to say, like, for him, even when these people leave, ever people always come back. Like, even if they're not the same people. Right. And, like, I also wonder if that's the reason his memory doesn't work is because he's lived so long. It's possible. And he just doesn't care to remember certain people because they pass in in and out of his life anyway. Like, you know, the Lost Boys are always coming and then growing up and (laughs) being thinned out. Yeah. I was like, okay. I know. It doesn't, like, say he kills them, but it says he thins them out, which is basically that. Like, yeah. He's getting rid of them. I know. I'm like, so does he walk them to the other side because he's literally murdered them all or what? That is a good point. (laughs) He takes them to the, it's not that they're already dying and he goes with them part of the way. It's like he gets them there. Yeah. Here we go. Off to death. Literally though. I'm like, okay, I don't trust this at all. Like he's the reason the childhood mortality rate is so high at this point. Yeah. Oh, and when Michael and John show up, he doesn't even remember them. Yeah. They're like, hello, Peter. And Peter's like, hello. He'd quite forgotten them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. And they also decide to build a house around Wendy because they don't want to move her, which I thought was interesting. That whole part is super weird to me. Yeah. It's like these kids, it's like they're playing pretend mm-hmm. you know for with the doctor with one of them pretending to be a doctor and then and then they're pretending all this stuff with the house see part of this to me feels like they're still in a dreamscape yeah it really does feel, feel that way because like apparently they built this house just on a whim for funsies and it's like i don't think a bunch of 10 year olds could build a house and it actually stay standing up right big enough for don't they all go into it at one point like yeah Suzanne? i'm like how how do they build a house that big that I'm fast goodness. yeah yeah i i don't know i can't tell if this is real or not and i feel like that's what i'm supposed to do but like i guess we'll find out at the end um so they ask Wendy to sing in her sleep the kind of house she wants. Which I love that Wendy's just kind of like fake staying asleep right now. Right. She's like, mm, let them suffer for a bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she like tells them what kind of house she wants. And then when she wakes up and sees the house, um, the Lost Boys say that they want Wendy to be their mother. And I was like, okay weird um and then the fairies apparently had to then like they all go to bed peter stays outside and then it says that the fairies had to climb over peter on the way home from their orgy i know i know okay something else the 
I thought it was funny when I was reading that part because I had to think about that comment on your book. I know. And I'm and like, that, that's in the original fiction. This part is why I put it in my book because I was like, hey. It's and I don't go into a huge amount of detail, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's random. Randomly thrown into this mm -hmm. children's book. Yeah. It's like, you know how right now they do that a lot in children's movies where there's jokes that like you understand when right. you grow up. But and it's like this one's, yeah, this one's not meant for the parents. This yeah. one's just like fully out there. And I, you know a child, if they read that, would turn to their parent and be like, Mom, what's an orgy? And you'd be like, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, let's have this conversation when you are 25. Thank you. Yeah, and they're obviously drunk. It says some unsteady fairies had to climb over. You know? <laughs> <Just> like... <laughs> well, they're too these drunk to fly. These little tiny drunk fairies climbing over him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. See, I honestly would rather read about Neverland fairies than anything else. Because <laughs> apparently they know how to have a good time. <laughs> Yeah. These lost boys are building houses and the fairies are getting drunk and having orgies. So <laughs> oh, so then we are on to chapter seven, the home underground. Uh, Peter is measuring them to fit in the trees, but apparently they have to be made to fit the tree, not the other way around. This is probably the creepiest part of the book for me. Yeah. Because it like, goes on to say that like, you can always add more layers, but then it gets more difficult. Yeah. If you're and it says, uh, yeah. If you're bumpy in awkward places or the only available trees in odd shape, Peter does some things to you. And after that you fit. And then yeah. later it says, John had to be altered a little to go into his tree. Once you fit, great care must be taken to go on fitting. Yeah. Like, what do we think he took from John? I don't know. That's the horrifying part. Like his ankle, maybe? Like, I have no idea. This is just, Peter does some things to you and then you fit. Like, what is, he cuts off parts of you? Like, what is going on? Like, I'm trying to think about, like, what sticks out the most. And, like, maybe it's, like, part of your shoulder Maybe. Like, it I'm, seems like they're all still, like, they have their limbs, right? Yeah. So. It has to be, like, part of your skin, right? Or, like, your nose, if it's, like, you have, like, a nose that sticks out a little bit yeah. more? I don't know. And, you know, it doesn't go into detail, which is probably a good thing. But yeah. But it's terrifying to think about. Because it's, like, um, what could you lose of your body that you're still, like, a functional person after? And that right. no one makes comments about? Right. Not much. Yeah. And it doesn't. It doesn't mention any of them having, like, you know, missing parts, but. Scary. Yeah. Like, this feels like, you know, in the, like, Grimm's Brothers Cinderella, where yeah. they cut off the back of their heel. Yeah. And they're, the yeah, to, to fit the shoes. Yep. That's what this feels like for me. Definitely has that vibe. Don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah. Oh, and it talks a little bit later about how um, when they're eating, like, Peter doesn't eat a lot, you know, he doesn't mm -hmm. eat very often. And so sometimes you never know whether you're going to have a pretend meal or like a real meal. And it said, if you can prove to him that you're getting too thin for your tree, he'll let you eat. Yeah. 
scary. <laughs> like, he's starving these children. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I hate it so much. But, like, my other thing, too, is, just like, you could always be smaller. I feel like the problem would be when you're bigger, but he wants you to be perfect. Right. Such a control freak thing, you yeah. know? It's very narcissistic behavior. Like, it's just, I don't like it. Nope. So, uh,. Wendy realizes that John and Michael don't really remember their parents anymore. Mm-hmm. And then she started making exams for them to make uh, to make John and Michael remember their parents. Um, but then it turns out that she's starting to forget them as well. Like she doesn't remember the answer to some of her questions. Yeah. And then uh, it says that Wendy did not let the boys eat the poison cake. So that's good. <laughs> And then another thing interesting happens where the author is like, yeah, they went on a ton of adventures, but let me flip a coin to figure out which one you're going to learn about. I was like, what? So weird. Definitely breaking the, I don't know. Is this breaking the fourth wall? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. Something like that. The author directly addressing us saying, Hey, I don't have time to tell you all of these things. Mm -hmm. So let's see what we're going to talk about. (laughs) I know. When that came up, I was like, Ooh, I don't like that. So then the author decides he's going to tell us about the lagoon. So then we are on to chapter seven, the mermaid's lagoon. So apparently the mermaids are not on friendly terms with anyone, which I stand the mermaids for this because I feel like in most books, like everyone harasses mermaids for no reason. (laughs) Like they're just sitting there vibing, chilling uh, the only person apparently the mermaids will have a conversation with is Peter, which is weird. Don't like that at all. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about. but Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the lagoon, like, they're all, like, just sitting on this rock, uh, waiting their food for their food to digest. Uh, Wendy's like, you gotta wait 30 minutes, which is, uh, I don't even know if that's been proven. I don't, I don't think so. I think I looked that up last summer, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, I, I think you can get you can get cramps maybe after eating, mm-hmm. I guess, if you go in swimming, but I, I don't know. I don't think it actually really matters. I don't think so. Um, so, you know, they're sitting on this rock, everyone's asleep, vibing for 30 minutes, and then the lagoon grows super dark, Wendy's trying, like, doesn't want to wake anybody up, but, like, luckily Peter wakes up, and he's like, oh, everybody up, get in the water. So, uh, they all get in the water, and the pirates are, like, two pirates, me and somebody else that I forgot to write down, um, like, row out there with Tiger Lily in their boat. So, apparently their plan is to put Tiger Lily on this rock that gets covered with water when the tides go up. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why? I don't know. Because they're pirates, I guess. Oh, here it says they caught her boarding the pirate ship with a knife in her mouth. Yeah. Which, like, they could have just thrown her over the side. Right. They just wanted to 
kill her slowly i guess i guess in a terrifying way yeah i don't know why this is the decision to make but whatever um so peter pretends to be hook and tells them to set tiger lily free and i feel like i remember this from the disney movie yes yeah he imitates his voice yeah which is also a very like classic fey thing to do being mm-hmm. able to mimic voices yeah i'm so like the more i read this the more i am excited to read yours <laughs> so uh then somehow it got spring brought up that the pirates don't have a mother which is just weird like i i remember seeing this fan theory that the pirates are the lost boys that grew up Ooh, yeah i saw that like a really long time ago and i don't remember much else of it but i'm like really into that idea because it's like there's no other reason that these pirates would not understand what a mother is yeah unless this is a dreamscape still of Wendy's. Could be. It does give some background for the pirates, like the things they used to do and be before a little bit. Yeah. Like it says he worked in a school and now he kills like in an elegant sort of way or something like yeah. that. I'm like, Ooh. so I don't know. Maybe they maybe they grew up and then like came back mm-hmm. and became they couldn't adjust properly to life in the world. <laughs> yeah. All I think is otherwise like Neverland forces everyone to forget they had parents. Well, that's another possibility. Yeah. yeah. So um, Peter pretends to be a spirit uh, copying Hook's voice again and like taunting them. Um, and then Hook's like asking 20 questions to figure out who <laughs> the next voice is. And then he's like, it's me, Peter Pan. So then everyone starts fighting and stabbing each other. Because <laughs> I guess. Like, also the thing is, is that there's only one small rowboat. Everybody else is in the water. Yeah, that. That's strange. And it, to me, it sounded like they were swimming, not just standing in the water. Right. So I don't know how this fight scene works. I can't imagine that it's easy to sw- swing swords while still swimming in water. Yeah, I don't know. And people are like going under the water and then coming up out of the water and it's like trying to keep track of everything is a bit of a pain in this yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah. And then Peter and uh, Hook end up on the rock and somehow Hook ends up injuring him and then Peter and Wendy are on the rock and they're about to drown basically because the tide is rising and peter hooks wendy to a kite to save her which is the only time he's ever saved anyone Mm -hmm. really um and then he says to die will be an awfully big adventure and i feel like that's one of the most often quoted lines Mm -hmm. of the book like i've seen this in a number of places but yeah i mean it is it is kind of a cool sentence Mm -hmm. but it's like again though it's like he doesn't take death seriously yeah you know he really doesn't and everything to him is like a kind of play Mm -hmm. you know i mean it sounds brave it sounds brave he is is doing something probably the only self-sacrificial thing that he's done in his life yeah but it's like it didn't seem like it took him any effort to fly so i'm like why are you so wore out (laughs) 
It literally said he could fly while he's asleep. I know. I don't know. That's a plot hole. Plot hole. <laughs> plot hole. <laughs> so then we are on to chapter nine, I believe. I I'm, I struggle with Roman numerals. So I think this yes. is nine. Nine. Yes. So this chapter is called The Never Bird. So I only have two notes for this chapter because it's a lot of Peter and the Never Bird fighting with each other that I didn't write down. Yeah. But basically- I, honestly, I did not read this one carefully. Like I just kind of was like skim reading. I just. Yeah, that's fair. Because honestly, it's just like them fighting with each other and they don't understand each other's language. But at the end of it, uh, the Neverbird puts Peter in his uh, her nest to save him, and then Peter put his, her eggs in his hat so that they still float. And then apparently after this, everyone decided every Neverbird ever then decided all their hat their nests needed to be shaped like Peter's hat. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Thank you for that. Yeah. So then we are on to chapter 10, The Happy Home. This, again, we're going to have some issues with. Yep, definitely, definitely. So the indigenous people of Neverland start calling Peter the Great White Father. And I hate this. I I know, I just, I cringed a lot. (laughs) Like, you know, reading classic literature primarily on this podcast i encounter a lot of racism in these novels right this is like one of those moments where i have to be like you had to have known you were being racist right i know because what yeah i mean like this is one of those that is like the most outwardly obvious that i feel like in the time period you had to have known yeah and i i feel like the author probably was you know yeah racist i mean not not in the way that some people might have been back then, like just not really knowing or learning any better, mm-hmm. but like outright, yeah, you know, this is how we thought, unfortunately. I mean, I have to think so, because honestly, the amount of comments he makes about these people, like like Tiger Lily and the rest of like her yeah. tribe, the way are, they're portrayed. Yeah, I'm like, you have to be pretty racist. And the, I mean, the way he portrays her is better in a way and almost worse in a way. Yeah. I, she's, she's idealized as this sort of like, keeps talking about how beautiful she is and mm-hmm. how everybody wants her, you know. Mm-hmm. She staves off the marriage with a hatchet, <laughs> he mm-hmm. said at one point. And like, in some ways, I guess, you know, you could say, oh, well, she's a, she's a strong female character mm-hmm. but in another way it's like this whole idea of like the native princess thing you know it's another stereotype in a way i know so. it feels like what they did with like the pocahontas mythos right where they like converted her to christianity and like basically kidnapped her like yeah. that this is what i'm feeling we're airing on the side of and it's making me very uncomfortable but yeah, this whole situation I do not like at all. Uh, but we'll move right on for that because I think you all know where we stand. Uh, so everyone starts roasting toodles during tea for some <laughs> reason. 
And then, like, Wendy's asks what Peter's feelings are for her. And he says they're that of a devoted son. And she's like, cool. And she goes and sits by herself and pouts. <laughs> yeah. And apparently he said something about, like, Tiger Lily also asking him this. Right. And he then, says like, he's, he's confused and, and there is something she wants to be, but she says it is not my mother. And Wendy's like, nope, <laughs> it <yeah>. is not. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm not going to explain that to you. I just feel bad. Like, why is Peter Pan apparently the only eligible bachelor on this island? It sounds terrible. And he is not a great person. No, he's terrible. He's a terrible person. They just like him because he's got the power, I guess. I don't know. I guess. The power thing, maybe. He's the cool one. The cool bad boy. Apparently. Apparently. (laughs) Then we are on to chapter 11, Wendy's story. Everyone interrupts Wendy's story the entire time. (laughs) Immediately. Uh, But she's trying to tell the story of her family. um, And then like of their coming here. Um, And then Wendy then moves on to talking about the future where there are adults and back in London. And this is apparently the part that Peter hates because he hates the idea of them growing up or leaving him at all. So Peter says he thought um, his mother. So basically, Wendy had gone into like this talk about how she thinks her mother leaves the window open for her uh-huh. uh, so that they could all go back whenever they want to. And Peter's like, yeah, I thought that. And then I went back and there was a new baby sleeping in my bed. And I was this like, is like, yeah. It's pretty dark. Yeah. But you get some vulnerability from him and maybe mm-hmm. a slight explanation as to why he is the way he is because mm-hmm. he did obviously leave, but then it's not like he hated growing up so much that he never went back. Like he went back. Yeah. To his family and the window was barred. His mother had forgotten about him and she had another kid and he's like he still hurts about it apparently. Yeah felt kind of bad i was like "Ooh, see the bad boy with the tragic i know it's all right there so uh and then hearing this the darling kids were like okay we need to go back home right now (laughs) which like could you expect any other reaction to be honest yeah of course they're gonna freak out yeah so wendy wants peter to come back with them um so the way she does this is the way every child does where they're like oh all of you should come back because she really wants just peter to come back and peter's like yeah if you guys really want to leave you can leave but i'm not leaving and he like dipped to go quote make the arrangements but then like i think he like talked tiger lily and her people into fighting the pirates right outside their door for some reason (laughs) so like there's this battle going on so no one can leave yeah which i am suspicious i have a feeling they're gonna have to run from peter soon yeah probably yeah i'm very interested to see what's going on in the next few chapters but that's all we have time for today how are you feeling so far? Oh, it's this. Yeah, it's just it, 
it gets darker, right? And then it has these moments of random, like, wackiness. And it's almost like fun, you know? So so in a way, you know, it's, it's going up and down through the narrative as far as, like, here's a dark moment. Here's a lighter moment, you know, when you're building this cute little house. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, here's another, here's a battle. And then, oh, here we get a, a little bit of Peter's backstory that we didn't have before. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah it's a very strange story but the rhythm of it is is not bad as far as the pacing goes Mm -hmm. i i did get bogged down you know with the the never bird bit and with the description of all of those characters like peter's group and the pirate group right one right after the other it's like you know but otherwise you know the pacing flows pretty well it it just kind of pulls you on you know from one bit to the next so yeah i'm excited to see how this book finishes up next week um but yeah where can all the people of the internet find you and your stuff so i am primarily on twitter and tiktok i'm not great at instagram but i am there as well um so on twitter i'm at rebecca f kenny one and on tiktok i'm just rebecca f kenny and then on instagram rebecca f kenny books I really should standardize all of that. <laughs> That's what it is for now. Um, yeah. And then um, I have a link tree in my Twitter bio that'll take you to, you know, books, Spotify playlists, Pinterest, things like that. Yeah. Interesting stuff. And it'll be out. I'll put it all in the description. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But we will catch you all next week. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. If you want even more content, please consider joining the Patreon for as low as $1 a month. You get access to bonus episodes, exclusive content, all that good, fun stuff. And also you get to join the Discord, which is pretty neat and pretty fun. Um, This Friday, a new episode will be out. It'll be uh, Kindred, the graphic novel with Candice, so please be sure to uh, join the Patreon and check that out because it's going to be very good. And I have a lot of thoughts, so make sure to join on in and hear my thoughts and hear Candace's thoughts. Uh, there also be will be a um, exclusive a Peter Pan retelling with Rebecca F. Kennedy very soon on Patreon as well, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, more details coming soon. If you want to find me, I'm at Barely Bookish on literally everything. I'm everywhere. I'm even on Reddit now, which is something. It's definitely something. But I can be found wherever, and you can see my face over on Twitch. So make sure to check me out in more places. Uh, But thank you all so much for listening. Next week, we will be finishing up Peter Pan. So I'll see you all then. Our logo is designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux. And I'll catch you guys later. Bye!